So good evening. I'm Sarah Ruffi, and this is the Woman Warrior Lawyer podcast. And tonight my guest is one of my favorite people ever. It's Ezzy, and she is from Porto Alegre, Brazil, but she was one of our first exchange students and became part of our family 10 years ago. So Ezzy, how about if you do a brief introduction, let us know your name, and I already said you from Porto Alegre, Brazil, but just let us know about your, your family and what you do for a living. Okay, so first of all, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, my, my name actually is Ezimara Monteiro Barrato, which is right a lot of words and not so easy to speak. So I always go by Ezzy since I was just like a teenager, basically. I actually never liked my name. Here in Brazil, it's very unusual. So I don't know any other Ezimara here. So which is which is nice, but it doesn't like doesn't work for me. So just as is fine. I'm 29 years old, um, and I have a baby boy. He's one years one year old, and I still don't have a husband. But my boyfriend and fiance is named Diego, and yeah, that's it. Uh, pretty much, we are a small family, but we are very happy. Um, I work uh, in the IT business. Actually, I am a database programmer at Dell uh, Technologies, uh, and that's it, I guess, my brief introduction for you. Your brief introduction for me. So, I, how did you decide you wanted to become a database programmer? Man, I was thinking about that yesterday when I was kind of getting ready for uh, this conversation with you. And um, I finished high school when I was 15 years old. So I never knew uh, actually what I wanted to do. And in one conversation with someone else, I pretty much decided. And it kind of worked, but it, did, it didn't work as well because I don't know if that's what I was supposed to do. But I just gave my heart and, and started working uh, with with this. Um, so ever, ever since my first job, I worked with uh, database programming, right? So the thing is, the IT field is very, very large. So there are a lot of things that you could, you could do, but I just, I, I don't know I just started with database programming and, and I never tried anything else. So that's it. But my major, I decided in one conversation with someone um, from my sister's uh, family, not my sister's family, but like his, uh, her, um, her husband's family, right? His sister was, was in college at the time, uh, studying the same course that I did. And I didn't know what I was gonna do, right? Because I was still like pretty young and I lived in another, in another city. It was a very small town and I just didn't have a lot of perspective and I didn't, I did not have a lot of people that I could talk to. So I just came to Porto Alegre to talk to my sister and to just be with family. And then I met her and we started talking and I was just like, I, I like it, uh, dealing with computer stuff. Right. I had, uh, done some 
training, some courses. So I just, I, I already knew some stuff and I thought that that would be a good, uh, good start at least, but I never tried anything else. So that's it. I mean, it was one conversation with someone whom I had met like once or twice in my life. And that's it. That's how I started. And I know you studied computers up here in Wausau. How did you end up deciding that you wanted to leave Brazil and study in the United States and find your way to Wausau, Wisconsin? So it was 2008, I, I guess. And I just, I, I was I was studying here in Porto Alegre and I had friends in college and everything was was going easy for me. And then my boyfriend at the time, he's now my husband, I guess. Um, he just, he was wandering the, the halls in the college and just, he just saw a fire that showed like, that was telling about this scholarship. And he really wanted to try. And he, I, I guess he believed in me and he said that I, I should try, I should also try. I did not think that I was going to get it, but just to like maybe shut him up, I said, okay, <laughs> let me go and see what, what happens, right? So I did an English test, um, everybody, right? We had like 50 spots and I think five was for um, my region here in Brazil. So we went when we had this English test and then we waited for, I, I think was like a few weeks and then... We had another English test. Uh, in the meantime, we were studying, like the, the program provided with books and stuff so that we could study for the next English test. And then we did that. And then after that, that process, we had an interview. So we met with um, the coordinators here in Brazil. And then we talked, um, it was an individual uh, interview, right? So we, I, I just talked about my background and uh, what I was studying in college and stuff like that. And then we had to wait for, I think it was like four months. So everybody, back in the day, we, had, we, we did not have Facebook. So we had another uh, social, uh, social media uh, site, right? I don't know if you heard of it. It was Urkut. I don't know if it was big enough in US, but I mean, there, all, everybody in Brazil that was trying for this program was on that uh, platform. So we just had a community and we were just talking about how long it was taking for them to just process everything and get back to us. So I remember the day I was working in an inter inter internship here in Brazil and I just went to my Gmail account and I saw the, uh, an email and then it was saying to me that I was approved and everything. And I was very, very excited about that. Right. So that's pretty much the, the how can I say the process before um, going to America. Right. So I got the, the approval on April and then I just had two months to, to get ready and, and uh, have my passport done and go get my visa and stuff. And I left for US on June, I guess. So it was very new to me, obviously. I had never even traveled abroad, but I guess maybe I should thank Diego because he really believed in me and I didn't. 
but when I, I was approved, then it was very, very hard for me to just process because I had never been, pretty much, I, I think I'd never been out of state at that point, which was crazy. But that was it, I mean, and then I went to America and everything happened. It was just a dream come true. And did you pick WASA or did the program pick WASA for you? Yeah, um, actually they sent out our college resumes here in Brazil to a couple of colleges in, in, the, in the U.S., right? All the colleges that, that had the program. So they decided, I mean... Uh, there are, I know that there were like candidates in the program that were kind of picked by multiple colleges, and they I, I think they get they got to decide where they should go. But I go, I got picked by uh, North Central Technical College in Wausau, and that that was it. But it was a decision made by the the colleges. And when you first got well, you hadn't seen snow before you got here, did you? No, no, never. What what were your thoughts when you came from southern Brazil mm -hmm. in June, which is your winter, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But your winter is still warm compared to yes, yeah. And you came up here at the start of our summer. Mm -hmm. Very hot, by the way. <laughs> Was it? I don't even remember. Yeah. What yes. did you think you you got yourself into? So, like weather-wise, first off, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty similar. To, oh my god, pretty similar to Porto Alegre because it was hot, right? And I just remember uh, one of the first weekends, I guess. Uh, our coordinator took us to the square in Wassa. Uh, there was there was some kind of concerts going on. I don't remember the name of. The, I think it was a festival or something. And I just remember sitting there and like sweating profusely. And I, I was thinking, what? I just left like Brazilian summer and then I came here. And obviously, I knew that winter would come like in a few months. But, like the first time that I I got to experience your cold, it was really cold. And I, I, I kind of thought to myself, what am I going to do? Because we did not have cars or anything. We would have to ride the bus or go on foot um, to NTC. I actually lived pretty close to the, to the college. So that, wouldn't, that wasn't a problem. So in the beginning of the, the, the winter, um, it was cold, but I, I kind of expected more. And then when it hit, it hit hard. So it was pretty, pretty hard. Uh, actually, for me here in Brazil, whenever, like even in the summer, if I go to work, I always take a jacket with me. So everybody makes fun of me because it usually is pretty hot outside. And, and if I'm inside some, some place, I'm, I'm usually wearing a coat. And then when I was in Wisconsin, I mean, you, you bet I lived in coats, right? I, I, I had like glove, gloves and warm socks and I, I remember you gave me some packets that to, to put in the, in the in the hands to make them warm so I was that cold you know but like my, my experience with snow I just remember uh, Diego he was in in the program but he was in in New York right so he had flown to see me 
during, I think was maybe before Thanksgiving, but we went to Chicago um, in the car. And then I remember that in the way back to Wassa, I was sleeping and then he had already seen snow before, but it started snowing and then he just woke me up and I was, what, what did you wake me for? And then he showed me outside and I was, oh my God, it's just so magical, right? I mean, it is something that I wish we had here in Brazil. Actually, right now, I don't know why, but a few cities here in Brazil, uh, they get snow. It's not like your snow. I mean, usually just a couple, you know, a couple drops here and there, but they, they have it. Um, but I just, I really like it, you know, to see, to see snow and just to play with it. It was, it was really good. <laughs> really fun. Well, and you had a bucket list when you came. Or you had developed a bucket list while you were here. What were some of the things on your bucket list before you went back to Brazil? Okay, so I think, how can I say, when I lived here in Brazil, before I even got to come to Porto Alegre, I was born here, but I left when I was around five to go to another city. And then when I was eight, I went to another city here in Brazil. Let me just say to you that this city has 800 people living in it. So, I mean, I did not have much contact with other people, right? So I never really thought about how big the world was or what there were in the world to see. So I, I came here to Porto Alegre and then I just uh, started college and started dating. And then I got to to see what else uh, there were there was for me in the world. But I never had a lot of things that I wanted to do or things or places that I wanted to visit, for instance. When I got to US and then I realized that this place was amazing and there were a lot of things and it was so different from the place that I was, uh, that I grew up, right? And I, I saw how much I was missing out uh, when I, did not come to US. So for instance, I think that most of the things that were, or that I, I put on my, my bucket list were, were things that were presented to me by, by, by people, right? For instance, I never thought about skiing, for uh, right? And then you guys took me and it wasn't on my bucket list, but if I, I could put it, I could have put it, I, I would, because it's so fun. So seeing snow would be uh, something that would be on my bucket list. And traveling, I, I got to travel a lot. I mean, I went to Disney on my, my birthday. That is an experience that I will never forget. I mean, I guess uh, just traveling around and getting to know people and just, I don't know how to, how to put it, but I don't know. I have, I have done pretty much pretty much everything that I wanted to do. I, I still want to go places, don't get me wrong, but if I were to die today, I would die very happy because I got to do a lot of things that I never thought I would, you know. And I remember one of the things that you guys got to cross off your bucket list in May, right before you headed home, mm -hmm. being outside in the snow in shorts. Yeah. Because I never, I never, I, I would never do that, like, during your coldest months, like December or January, I would never do that, because, I don't know, I, I think I would just freeze, but, like, in May, uh, when, when I 
guys knowing me, I thought, oh my God, how do they do it like every year? You know, it's just so cold and a lot of snow. I mean, obviously, you guys are prepared for it, right? You, you would not uh, be cold or anything, but it just amazes me that a place has snow when summer is coming. It didn't last long, though, did it? Yeah, yeah, it was just a couple of days, I guess. But I got to, to, to wear shorts <laughs> in snow. That was fun. So, what is one difficult experience from your past that turned out to be a blessing in disguise? Oh, man. I, I'm very fortunate that I did not have that many... Uh, things that were that difficult for me but like one thing that made me who I am today I think it is it's not a bad thing you know I mean I think the the worst thing that happened in my life obviously was my my father passing away when he did um the way that he did but I, I wouldn't say that it was a blessing in disguise but it, it did help me become who I am today um it is what it is, right? And nobody's going to last forever. Uh, during the 17, close to 17 years that he was here with me, it was was really good. But we did have our differences and it was hard. But I, I, I don't think I had that many things that were bad enough for me to tell you. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you, right? I think one of the worst things maybe was being away from my family. But even that, when when it happened, was good for me because it helped me grow grow up. I guess. Actually, everybody should have an experience like I did. I don't know. Did you have any kind of intern like not internship? But like, did you travel abroad or lived far away from your family and friends for a period of time? When I was in high school, or, I, or maybe yeah, or in high school or college. I went to college three hours from home and I didn't get to come home very much because I didn't have a car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was difficult, but it, it forces you to grow up and yeah. helps you, and you become, realize how independent you can be in self-reliant. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think about when we found out about your dad and uh -huh. how all of a sudden you and Dwight, kind of butted Clicked. head initially, yeah. and then uh -huh. the the walls came tumbling down as you started talking about your dad to uh -huh. like, who then kind of stepped in to uh -huh. the shoes for you so yeah. everything does happen for a reason and our lives happen for us not to us mm -hmm. yeah so all right. Since you are 29 years old, and unlike my mm -hmm. children, recognize that you don't know everything yet. <laughs> yeah. What is the best piece of advice that you've received so far in your life? I think not a lot of people have said that to me, but I think the first ones or the main ones would be you guys, right? Uh, I just admire you guys so much because you do not have, like, you are not afraid of doing anything. Maybe you are afraid, but you still do it, you know. 
But I think one great piece of advice would be that to just be yourself and just, as cliche as it may sound, but you just have to be yourself and just try it, you know, at least try it. I mean, you may not succeed, but then you, you will know for sure what it felt like or what it was like to do something that it, it brought you out of your comfort zone. I think it just, it would just be like, go for it. I mean, just do it because otherwise you're not going to be, you're not gonna know what the future may may reserve for you if you don't just believe in yourself, right? And I know that sounds cliche, and everybody kind of says that, but it is true. And it's also, I think, a big lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. How many people don't truly believe in themselves? Actually, a lot of people don't believe in themselves, right? So it's not so cliche-ish, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. All right, Ezzy, how do you define success? I don't know. (laughs) Whenever, I mean, I, I don't think I have my life figured out. Um, There are a lot of things that I would, I would want to change, and I know that eventually that would would happen, right? But you have to to take action. And, and do stuff. I'm not there yet, but I will get there eventually, I guess. But I define success as, I mean, as being able to achieve whenever, whatever you want in life. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think in a few ways I'm very successful. Um, I was able to do a lot of stuff that I never knew that I wanted. Um, because people believed in me, and I think that's it. I mean, just being able to achieve whatever you want and just working towards your dreams, you know, and you may, I mean, you may not get there whenever you, how can I say, I mean, you may not think that you are successful because you didn't get where you want to be, but I think you are, right? I mean, just believing in yourself and just going for it and just taking uh, into account whatever that you that you did, whatever you did. Um, if that if it was something that you really wanted, then you are successful to me, right? But I don't think that we are we we reach a point where we are successful and that's it. I mean, you are we are every day working towards something else. I mean. I think that success should not be defined as something, you know, you are not successful because you have a house or because you have a job. I mean, obviously that's part of success, right? You got somewhere um, with your hard work, but I think you, I think you will get successful when your life is pretty much over. And then you look back and you see what you see, everything that you have, that you have achieved so to me, that's it. <laughs> I don't know if I made sense, but that's how so, I would put it. So what I heard is success is an inside job, namely in here and in, mm-hmm. in your heart. So what you, yeah. how you feel rather than what you've accumulated. Yes, but, but I know that a lot of people um, see success as, as 
stuff, you know, as things, as possessions. Like, for instance, I was talking to Diego before we started here, and I was really, <laughs> I was really confused or, yeah, I didn't know what success was for me, but then talking to you and I just, I just said what I said, but we have different views. For, for instance, for him, if he got, if he gets the job that provides um, whatever that he wants, then that's his definition of success. So it varies from people to people. And I, I do think that having, uh, how can I say, being able to buy my own apartment is, is a way to measure my success. You know, I have, I have what I have because of hard work and obviously I feel successful, but I do think that success is more, how, can, how you said it, like an inside job, like how you feel inside you. I do think that. Awesome. I know that you and Diego love to travel. Yeah. We love to we travel do. with you. So what is the best vacation that you've taken so far? I mean, I don't think that being one year in, in Wausau or like in the United States is a vacation because I did, I did have stuff to do, right? But I did travel quite a bit when I was there. Well, one of the greatest vacations I had was back in 2017 that I, I did go to New York for a week and then I went to London and Paris for another week. So I was four days in London and three days in Paris. Oops. So that vacation was awesome. It was one of the best because because it was it was you know even though I got I got sick I actually get sick in every vacation that I that I take I don't know why I don't know what happens to me I don't I, you know I, I even have a, a rule that I don't even tell people that I'm gonna travel because you know people usually just they just want to live your life sometimes so I, I don't want that so i usually wait wait a bit when whenever i'm on vacation and then i announce that i'm on vacation but if i ever do something different right i ever i even being sick during the trip was awesome i mean we got to do so many so, so much stuff and then actually diego proposed it to me during that vacation so it was very special it was also very special so that was one of the best vacations but like in US alone, if I would say I loved going to Orlando and going to Disney World, I, w I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, maybe I have a soul of a little kid, but it was just magical to be there, you know. It is the Magic great. Kingdom, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So since we're on vacations, what mm -hmm. is your dream vacation? Okay, so my dream vacation would actually to go to the Maldives. Have you seen that water? <laughs> I just want to go there so badly. I know that I will eventually. I mean, maybe in a few years. But it's to go there. Or maybe Bali in Indonesia or something like that, you know. I would never say like a beach destination. But it just, it, it is beautiful. So I think that would be my dream vacation. Mm -hmm. So, what are the biggest differences that you noticed between Brazil 
and living in Brazil and then mm -hmm. living in the United States. Okay. So first off, obviously, is the language, right? Um, if you don't know anything about it, then it's going to be very challenging. But I, I did find that Americans are very, how can I say, you, are, you guys are very patient and then you, you really respect foreigners, at least everyone that I, I had the pleasure to encounter. Um, you are very helpful, you know, and you do not make fun of us because we speak in a different way or in a funny way. But it would be the language, the weather, and also the food. I mean, that's the three biggest differences just by living in Brazil and then going to the United States. And then after leaving uh, in U.S. for a bit, then I would say that the biggest difference uh, would be just the way we live life. You know, here in Brazil, we usually, I know that I, I was there and I, I just studied and I, I traveled a bit and then I, I got to meet a lot of people. And maybe that's not like, a lot of stuff. I mean, it was great, but I mean, I did not have to work. I did not have to do some like pretty responsible things, right? I was just studying and having a good time. But like the biggest difference is that you guys are very, actually, let me start with here. Here in Brazil, we do not have a lot of things. I mean, we, we do have to work hard to get stuff. And I'm not saying that you guys have everything that you need, like, need handed to you guys obviously you have to uh, to work hard to get it and i know that you are where you are because you work it together but here in brazil it's just so hard to get stuff you know and then when you travel and you get to, to to a place where things just work where there are laws and people respect each other and then you kind of realize how crazy um the place that you work that, that you came from is you know i remember that when when i had to come back to brazil um i arrived and then my mom met me in the airport and then my brother and sister and then i went back home and then we had like uh, we had a celebration because all my all my family was there so we we ate some barbecue some chocolate cake and then everybody went to their places and i just I went to take a shower and I just remember <laughs> crying so much in the shower and I did not know what was uh, coming from the shower and what was coming from my, my, my eyes you know because I was crying so hard because just because a few hours a few hours were were enough for me to see how different those two places were obviously I was I was missing you guys I was missing being um, in in US but it is different, you know, when, when you, I don't know how to explain, but like you, if you came here, but you, you only had an experience of like a few days. If you live here and you, and you see what you see every day, the way that it works or actually doesn't work, but the way that it thing, things is, it hits you hard, you know, being away from a place where things work, where you feel safe. I actually feel, I felt very safe um, in, the, in the US, even if I was alone, even if I did not have like family or friends. Um, and I do not make friends easily. Um, I usually 
I usually don't. I'm usually the one that stays alone in the back of the room, you know, just waiting for someone to come and rescue me. So I do not have a lot of friends, but like I just missed, I just missed that freedom, you know, to just be myself. And I, I, can, I cannot be myself. I don't know why, uh, what it is about Brazil, but it's just, it just didn't capture my heart. And I'm from here, you know, so that's the biggest difference. When I know that that was one of Diego's comments as well in terms of mm -hmm. stuff in the U.S. just works. Mm -hmm. And like when Dwight came down to visit you guys and you took him to the monastery and there was mm -hmm. a gaping hole in the middle of the road and somebody waving people by so that they didn't fall into this hole uh -huh. and that it had been there for a long period of time. Uh -huh. You guys told him, that's just the way it is. No big deal. Yeah, it is. You know, actually today in the news, uh, sometimes we watch the news during lunch, and they were talking about a bridge here in Brazil that connects Porto Alegre to another uh, city. And that, that bridge was under construction for six years. So it took them six years to make a bridge. Obviously, I don't know what it goes into making a bridge. I'm not an engineer, but it doesn't have to be like six years. I would understand a year, but not six, you know, so. Especially if they can build year round, they can work on it year round. Yeah, yeah, they can. Because even your but, winter, I mean, you guys don't get snow. You don't get no. ice. It's cold, mm -hmm. but yeah. you can keep, keep working outside, right? Yeah, right. I mean, we have a kind of rainy winter here in Porto Alegre, but that shouldn't be like an excuse for them to not work during the winter, right? I wouldn't think so. <laughs> okay, so 2020 is coming to a close. Mm -hmm. And... We've kind of talked about it throughout the year when we've we've connected. Mm -hmm. added. Tell me about the how Brazil has been during the pandemic and what kind of freedom or lockdowns you guys have experienced. Okay, so we did have like I think it was maybe a month lockdown uh, in the beginning, like right on. March, I guess. I don't even know when it started, but it was just like a whole month, I think, or maybe two months. Uh, people were not locked down, but like they were advising people to not go out and they closed everything, but like restaurants, shopping malls, stores, anything other than like drugstores and supermarkets, right? And, and hospitals. So it was obviously sucked <laughs> to just be at home but at that point i was at home because of maternity leave so i was not leaving my house uh, that often so to me it was not like a big a big deal i knew that it was just what it was supposed to happen but we did not expect it to last like whole, the whole year right so i think everybody here in brazil was just like okay it's a month or two everything's gonna be just fine they will find a cure for it, but then everybody was, not everybody, but like most business were shutting down because 
they were not able to keep up right so then i think a few months later they started reopening and people they are very divided between how can i say i don't, I don't want to get political but maybe like the left side <laughs> they wanted to keep to keep shut sh sh uh, shut down and everybody else will it's just like let's just live life and do stuff because otherwise people will run out of their businesses or get fired or not be able to just live you know a decent life it is already difficult here in brazil to have like perspective and to live a good life so if you if you are not allowed to work then it just gets that much difficult right but i mean i mean you you do what you gotta do and then you you find a way to to make it work and right now i do feel that people are very they are more free but we do not have the freedom to just like for instance not wear a mask or stuff you still have to go uh, to follow these rules which in perspective is ironic because all the other rules in brazil are pretty much broken every day so right now we got to lost this freedom which sucks but it is it is it is what it is um we don't have like or maybe we could have uh have it different but we we are just complying with what's being said and that's it well, what is one thing that you learned during this entire social experiment with the lockdown so mm -hmm. say since March of 2020 until today, what's mm -hmm. one big lesson that you learned? I'm thankful that I did not lose anybody. I mean, I don't even know. Actually, my sister got it, uh, got COVID, but she she's fine now. And then I think my, my friend's sister, she also got it. But I did not lose anybody. But the thing that I think I'm most thankful for and I got to learn during this year and I know that every year we should be uh, grateful and just um, just love everybody and you know be close to everybody. Obviously, we we, we should do that. But I mean, as time as time goes by, usually we do not find time to be with the ones that we love. But one thing that I do, I I, I did take from the pandemic would be to just cherish the ones that are close to you. You know. I know that not a lot of people um, think that this is a big deal, but I mean, it's not that big deal. I mean, we get we get sickness every year, you know, get illnesses, and we we just survive. And people who have died, maybe they would they would have died eventually, if not from COVID, then from something else. Like for instance, Diego is is one to believe that. Everybody who who died this year would have died would have died if, uh, either way. You know, I don't know if I believe that, but I, I do think that we have to cherish everybody and just be thankful that we we are still here and that we get to live. You know, what's one thing that you would change about today's society if you could? Um, I think here, being here in Brazil, um, one thing that I would definitely change uh, would be the way 
things happen. Um, for instance, like loss, for instance, here in Brazil, we have lots of loss, but they are just not met, you know, they are just not, they are like, they are a requirement, but people don't think that they would, they would apply to everybody. So here in Brazil, that would, would be something that would change. I mean, to just be more equal, I mean, it's, it's just so hard to live in a life where there are people who, who get to do whatever they want and then there are people who, who cannot do the same, you know. So I would change that. I usually don't think about, about myself much, but I do think about um, everybody else. So that, that would be my answer. I mean, just a fair, a fair world, you know, where everybody gets to do the same and that's it. I think that's a pretty good one because I think that applies everywhere that mm -hmm. everybody should be treated the same. Equally, yeah. mm -hmm. So one final question for you, Azzy. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to 2021, mm -hmm. what is, well, I got a couple of questions, but looking forward to 2021, what is one goal that you have to see if you can make it happen next year? Um, right now, like my son is just one, right? He's going to be 14 months old in a few days. But one thing that I'm looking forward to 2021 is just to show him stuff, you know, show him the world um, and travel a bit. I mean, I don't know if that sounds vain, but that's pretty much my goal for 2021 is just to survive and just to travel a bit and, and see friends. Um, if, if I can go to the, to the U S and to see you guys and to get to experience the American life just for a few days again, and to just uh, be places that I haven't been, you know, that would be my main goal for 2021. And looking back to, let's say your, your 19-year-old self, mm -hmm. what is one piece of advice you would give 19-year-old Ezzy, knowing what you know today? I think would be <laughs> to get help, to get help, re how can I say, regarding anxiety, you know, because right now I'm pretty much the same one, uh, same person that I was when I was 19 years old. I'm just older. <laughs> But I think I was I was too afraid, you know, of it, of everything. I mean, I was afraid of not being able to go places or to not being accepted for who I was or whatever. I was just afraid of everything. So one piece of advice I would give myself was to just enjoy more um, and just don't care about people who doesn't care about me. Because usually we just get caught up uh, wanting people to love us. This is something that I struggle every day uh, still. So, I mean, I should take my advice into consideration, right? But it is just hard because we do not have to expect people to like us. We were talking about before we started here. And I did say, um, not everybody's going to love us. But in reality... I do think that, I do believe that, but I still seek people's approval, you know, so 
one thing that I would definitely tell myself would be to just just live my life and don't look for approval I guess not that she, not that I would do anything wrong no <laughs> but I mean just do it you know not caring about what people would think that was no Ezzy mm -hmm. what other people think of us truly is none of our business yeah mm -hmm. and that's one of those things that I I try to live by mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what I was hearing you say in terms of mm -hmm. not worrying about what other people are saying or thinking about you. Uh -huh. I think that is an awesome, awesome piece of advice that uh -huh. you can implement. Yeah, I, I definitely should. But it is so hard. I mean, sometimes like there are days when I feel more confident and I, I know that I'm doing s stuff right, you know. But then, I don't know, it's just... Maybe maybe you get like one one different look from someone or someone says stuff about like even someone else that you are not confident enough then then you get to see that uh, thing that people say and then you just kind of look back into your life and you see that they are kind of right about you also it's just so hard I mean every day is a, every day is a struggle. <laughs> But those are all opportunities for you to decide that I'm going to put a different meaning with that comment, or I'm going to put a different meaning with that look and play a game with yourself to get out of your head and out of your way to enforce that whatever they're thinking or saying about me is none of my business. Because mm -hmm. I get to decide what they're gonna, what they're thinking about me, okay. and I can put it in a positive or a negative, and I choose yeah. to put it in a positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it's hard to begin with, but when you make it a mm -hmm. game and you make it fun, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah, it's all about consistency. Actually, everything in life is all about consistency, right? It is. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that really matters is that we love you. Oh, I love you too. I mean, getting to leave the U.S. was was awesome. But truly, I mean, being able to be in your family dynamic, it was just amazing. I mean, you guys are awesome. You should be very, very proud. <laughs> but, you know, that that's that's the beauty of it. I mean, you do not have to be like perfect actually no nobody's perfect right no we are just perfect in our our own way so i mean even if you are weird i am weird i mean i think that's a perfect match so that's that's fine we are imperfectly perfect yeah and, it works. and yes it does but like back in 2009 uh, before we met um, I, I, had, I actually had a different uh, mentor family, right? I don't know if you remember that. I do remember. And I, was, and, I was, and I was so frustrated because I don't know why, I don't know what happened, but we were not able to connect, you know, to click. So I just remember going to Tatiana Schneider, the one, the, the coordinator in NCC, and I just cried to her. Man, you have to find me someone else. I mean, I do have to. I do want. I do want to have this exper experience, right? Because 
everybody else has their perfect symmetric families and why should i just be stuck with someone that doesn't want to be uh part of this experience with me and then she said but i do have a perfect family for you let, let me just try to see if they want to and then then you guys happen and i'm i'm so thankful that that it turned out the way that it did because i don't know we just connected right we just clicked even if i was a little shy in the beginning <laughs> Not you, Ezzy. <laughs> you were afraid to talk. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and then you weren't. Yeah, I did. It was a whole different story. Yes, it was. So it's been awesome and quite a journey. And I certainly appreciate your time. And knowing that I'm sure Theo and Diego are both sound asleep by now. Yes, they are. <laughs> And I just, I'm looking forward to watching your experience and thank you for sharing your insight and your thoughts with our listeners and, and the Woman Warrior Lawyer podcast, because you truly are a warrior in your own way. And you always have been. Oh, thank you. You are so sweet. I mean, uh, I am who I am today because uh, of everything that had happened to me, obviously, but also because of the people that that are in my life you were you didn't like you were in my life and you still is in my life uh, even if we do not get to talk every single week uh, but the, the beauty of it is that whenever we do talk i mean i just see that nothing's changed you know and i do love you and thank you for for having me and that's it i mean i do miss you guys and i, I hope to see you guys so so soon Absolutely. We want to meet our grandbaby. <laughs> Thank you, Ezzy. And we will stop recording now. So you and I can. Okay. Continue.